ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. How's it going, everyone? Hope you're all doing well, wherever you are in the world. And this one today, um, this was a live podcast that me and Laura recorded tonight uh, from In The Van. And we just, this is fresh off the canvas. We just recorded it um, and recorded this intro after just doing the live. It was recorded on, on YouTube. Uh, we had such a great interaction with so many, uh, so many of you guys who turned up to this one. Uh, we talked about many different stuff in this one. Uh, I'm not going to rattle off what we talked about. As you know, these things go all over the place and we cover many different things. Uh, me and Laura, we, we just pulled up in a beautiful little spot uh, next to a few little sheep that are beside us. I can If you can still hear them on the intro now. Um, with a lovely view in the background, it's probably worth checking out the live of this one and you can see where we're sort of sitting in the van and recording this one. Um, we're going to be doing more of these lives in the future as well on our travels and stuff. So I hope you enjoy this one anyway. Enjoy. How's it going everyone? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Um, so this is the first live from the, the camper van as you can see. Uh, me and Laura are currently in um, Scotland in a place not far from a, a place called Balmoral. Uh, we've been out all day and it's been really really nice. Yeah it's been lovely. We day. visited um, uh, a megalithic structure if you want to call it that. Uh, a place called, um, what was the proper name of it? Balmoral uh, cane or Khan? Yeah, Barmoral Cane or Khan it's called. It's basically a pyramid that's in Scotland. Uh, it's really wild. It's really good to see. It's Actually, what's really funny about the pyramid that's in Scotland um, is, um, you know, it's it's obviously not nothing like the Great Pyramid of Giza or the Pyramid of Chichen Itza or anything like that. Um, you know, but it it's really sort of, you know, it's good It's good to see anyway that um, Scotland has got its own version of... Uh, uh, the the king's chamber. <laughs> yeah. So how how have you been finding van life so um, far? I've been liking it. I like it. Still doesn't feel real for me. It feels like feels like we're on holiday. So I think it's going to take like a couple of days or a couple of weeks just to kind of really settle in. Like, oh, okay, this is this is your life now, and this is like the way we're going to be living. But at the moment, it still feels like. You know, my home's in in Northumberland, and we're just on a little short trip away. But I'm sure we'll. We'll get used to this kind yeah, of lifestyle. It's one of them interesting things because um, for me, this is something that I've been. I've just recorded a podcast prior to doing this live that I'm. I'm sort of a bit skeptical about putting out because it's kind of I go very deep in my journey, and it's you know when you go very deep in your own journey, it can be very raw and uh, can be you know can be you can make yourself feel very vulnerable and show vulnerable most vulnerable aspects of yourself. But for me, on my journey, I 
you know, to get a, you know, to get to where I kind of am now with living in a van, for me, you know, it's kind of, um, it was, I went through a lot of conditioning and a lot of challenges to get to where I am now. You know, I lived a very different life and to get to where I am now, I had to, to, to move towards a life um, that was very different to the life that I was living in the past. And it can be very challenging, you know, when you've got people around you saying, you know, you've got it all figured out. Why are you leaving this behind? Why do you want to now live in a van? It's kind of funny because me and Laura were talking about, you know, how like in, in, in culture in general, culture has this whole picture that, you know, progress is you getting the house, getting the, the big fancy car and stuff like that. But f this has actually been progress for us, you know, yeah. which is kind of mad. You know, progress has been us actually go coming in the van, living in, living in the van. Um, how have you found the transition differently from like sort of, you know, from the, the your old life that you were living? Um, I don't think I would have been ready for, for van life like three years ago. I mean, you've got to be pretty easy to serve for this kind of life and that's what I'm finding out like you've just got to you know be all right with not like having a shower every day and you know for me it's like that's something that I, I normally do when I'm back at home so it's like just getting used to living a, like a, a, a more simpler way of life and I think three years ago for me that wouldn't have been possible yeah definitely it says the connection's unstable so I don't know if, if oh, it's back on um yeah so I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm. I think, I think for me, it's like it's been a process of shedding the layers of sort of self consciousness and self criticism for myself, and just you know making myself easier to serve, and that's kind of what's made me a vibrational match to this sort of life. Yeah, it's funny because I was, uh, I was saying to Laura before, I wouldn't be surprised if we obviously we've got the view behind the back of here. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone just some random guy just comes and knocks on the door and says, "You can't park here." <laughs> uh, it's it's quite funny, you know, when you when you're immersed in a, in van life, for example. You always get scenarios, for example, where someone will say, "Oh, you can't park here. You can't park there." You know, rules and stipulations. Uh, the place that we parked at last night, you know, it said um, when we pulled up, it said no camping, no no overnight camping, and we sort of, you know, we we pretended that we were we couldn't read English for the night, you know. <laughs> Um, which we can't read English, you know, from the northeast of England, we can't read English. Yeah. Um, you don't, but, you weren't taught to read down the yeah, whole line, so. Yeah, so we just pretended that we couldn't read English. And if anyone ever said anything to us and said, oh, you know, this is for no overnight camping, we'd just, uh, oh yeah, as um, someone said in the comments, get off my land. Uh, if someone said that to us, you know, we'd just say, oh, uh, no, speaker English, we don't understand. Uh, we can't read. <laughs> uh, but it's funny because me and Laura watched them. Um, we watched the video we watched Into the Wild. Uh, I don't know if any of you out there have seen that film. It's such a, a good sort of uh, film that gives so much good perspective. And there uh, we had this, and I remember Into the Wild where he goes to take the raft down the down one of the rivers, and he goes to the the main guy who's at the raft and uh, who owns the who basically who gives out the permits and stuff, and he says, How "Can I go down here on the raft?" And the guy says, "Oh, you need a permit for that," uh, and he says, "There's a waiting list." And the guy in Into the Wild says, how long is the, uh, the waiting list? And the guy says, oh, it's 12 months. Uh, sorry, it said it's 12 years waiting list. And then he says, well, 12 months. He says, the river's just over there. It's only just over there. And then he just takes his paddle down anyway and goes goes off on it. You know, and it's kind of like, I feel like when you when you live in a van, um, you know, it's in society in general, you see this. But when you when you're living in a van, you really get to sort of see a perspective of um of how this how these sort of these bullshit measures are invoked around the whole human experience you know i know there's people will argue certain things like um 
that these are in place for, for rubbish so people can't just pull up the vans anywhere and things like that. But there is a lot of uh, bullshit in society, you know, that kind of kind of involves around us being a free human being. You know, you, we have to sort of, like, for example, right now, um, you know, on the planet now, for example, we were already filming 50, 60 forms just, just to do a, a certain thing. But now COVID's come along, you know, we're going to be filling out forms for six years before we can even do something now. Uh, yeah. You know? I think it's a kind of um, a paternalistic society that kind of takes away our own they kind of it's kind of patronizing in a way because it takes away like our own like sovereign free will and our capacity to have common sense over things and you know, the society just assumes that we as humans don't have common sense or we aren't very conscious of our surroundings or unconscious of nature and th- i mean there is some people that are like that but as a whole society's kind of cascaded like that and created rules where you have to have permits to do certain things because they assume that you you know you're not a responsible adult or a responsible human that can go along with stuff like that yeah it kind of plays into the whole um the ethos i feel of like what what promotes and what props up society in general because you know a society and this plays into like darwin's theory of evolution as well you know survival of fittest kind of thing as well but i think for years on this planet they've tried to create the spiel that if you know human beings can't govern their own selves like you can't you haven't got you haven't got um consciousness over your own body you haven't got consciousness over your own rights because if you do chaos will break out everyone will fight with one fight with one another you know but i think the evidence doesn't really support that you know i mean people write books trying to swear the evidence to say that human beings will be like this but if we go back further and further back in history we'll realize you know that it was there was communities there was um people indigenous peoples who you know who had no hierarchical structure who didn't have no government structure and they lived on this planet for thousands and thousands of years you know and they and they, they will they lived fine you know they got we're only here because of them you know <laughs> makes us think you know in the past where like how we're ascending up to the golden age now and in the past there's like been dark ages and iron ages and bronze ages and i was thinking the other day and i remember saying to you like were they actually more barbaric in those ages and i think it was more barbaric in terms of the violence and the and kind of the um was less modernized the the places they were living in but then i think of now and how back then we were they were all living in communities and they were like there was a close bond between people and between humans and whereas now it feels like there's no real sense of community between people especially in like in cities and towns it's kind of different when we're living in a van because i'm noticing there is like more of a community spirit which is really nice but i'm just thinking like are we are we as a civilization less sort of um less advanced consciously now still as we were back then in terms of like how lonely we are and and how disconnected we are as people maybe i haven't worded that the right way but i'm just it's been a thought i've been playing out in my head like how isolated we've become as individuals we've kind of become addicted to our technologies that give us a a false sense of connection where the true connection is in our like physical proximity to each other well it can kind of feel to me it feels like how far do you have to go back to answer that question because i feel like we already know that history has been you know history is always dictated by the winners of history you know who's in the more sort of you know when history books are written it's always written by the victor victors you know the victors are not necessarily always have a good agendas they change things like you know the romans created a new uh, version of the bible just so they can sway public consciousness you know at that time period so it depends how far we go how far you want to go back you know does it do we um are we talking about 1900s 1800s or are we talking about further back you know and even going further back in history there's also split off civilizations like for example alongside the roman culture was still indigenous cultures you know, so kind of you need to 
look at it all angles for me anyway on that. I don't know what you mean by that. I think um, I was thinking I was more meaning in terms of how technology's kind of disrupted our us the the social network which we operate on as humans. Mm. Whereas back in the day, they didn't really have this technological like infiltration of yeah. the social fabric. So I was kind of just thinking about that. So it could have been like medieval times, could be Victorian times. Because I think the consciousness, because well, I'm reading book, Jung's book at the moment. I'm going to do every single time Laura says Carl Jung, I'm going to do. I think I'm in love with Carl Jung. I just like, his mind's just phenomenal. She wants to make love to Carl Jung's mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sapiosexual. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I'm reading Jung's book at the moment. And the way he was talking, it was like he he was born in the 1800s. And there seemed to be like people were quite educated well certainly where he grew up and um you know there was more of a, a community spirit and it didn't seem as like i know the victorians weren't as weren't as like kind of open as we are as a society but the, it didn't seem as like kind of barbaric as that kind of made out to be so i don't know where i'm going with that i just it's just been a thought in my mind like how how in recent years like technology's kind of swept under the carpet and kind of created this sub-reality which we're interacting with as humans but it's taken away the the kind of the realness and rawness out of human connection yeah it's kind of it's what it's what it's what the western civilization does it kind of it takes something that's good and it twists it and inverts it you know kind of like for example you know social media can be used for good but the underneath social media was all, we already had community you know so kind of social media kind of not social media but the internet uh, the, the western world where we're heading to it kind of takes what's good and it you and it sells it back to us in a, in a shit form you know for example do they do that, that with pharmaceuticals they'll sell us a shit they'll, they'll they'll take something for example and then they'll sell it they'll sell it back to us you know whether it's um you know a drug or something like that or whatever it may be even for example vaccines are, are sold back to us in a way you know they're already half of the things the ingredients in vaccines are or natural in humanity you know and in the, in the from us but they'll invert them and they'll add things to them and they'll make them and they'll skew skew them you know so i kind of feel like all our lives we've been things that things are constantly there's this interaction with you know the invert invert and the inverting good and turning it back in our hell and selling it back to us in a, in a shit form yeah. you know i kind of feel like that's what's going to happen with it's already happened with marijuana and hemp oil and stuff like that you know it was already natural and the government get their hands on it they start adding their own little flavor to written opinions on it so it's actually not as potent as strong um, yeah i think it's the same do that with water it. as well for example they do that yeah. with water the they, they take water which is perfectly good and they add fluoride to it you know and they sell it back to us and say it's for our bottle. teeth yeah, and say it's for our teeth yeah say it's for your safety Come on, what I was going to say now. Just trying to think. It was... Um... Oh, I've lost it. It's gone. Um, I want to read... We'll start reading oh, some... Oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll let you do that one. It's before. the same with, uh, same with veganism, really. Veganism started out as like quite a, a healthy movement, you know, caring more about like the way animals are treated, caring more about the what you put into your body, eating more plant-based whole foods, and then they kind of warp that and create their own agenda, and they'll sell us like, you know, soy burgers and... and and vegan cheeses and stuff like that that are just full of absolute shit and that's been a that was like kind of a, a spell that i had to break within myself of like saying vegan cheese is better than normal cheese when you know there is you've got you can be conscious of where you get your cheese from like you can get it from like an organic farm shop and see the animals that it's coming from but if you're just eating vegan cheese and see and like saying it's for the good of you when really it's it's full of like thousands like well about a hundred ingredients you can't even read the names of then yeah it's it's just inverted and i think um 
that's the the deeper and deeper I go, the more I realise that the society we're living in is quite is quite invaded. Yeah, Chris says, "Have you got a nice big bag of goodies with you?" Yes, we have. <laughs> we always have the goodies with us. <laughs> um, Rodden Matthew says, "Is society actually about to end?" In your opinion, um. I think it's always, from my opinion, I think it's always been on the cusp of ending. ending. Um, I think we're always, you know, civilization exactly. Civilizations always come and go. You know, that's the famous quote. Um, you know, the Roman Empire, for example, lasted 1,200 years and then that ceased to be, you know. But we can all see that where we were heading as a civilization was definitely uh, that salmon heading towards that net, you know, going to get sort of tangled up and caught in that net. And not one salmon was turning around and going, look at this. Well, there was a few of us. There was a few salmons that were saying that, but it just wasn't enough to turn back. And I kind of feel like what's played out in the world now is causing more and more salmons, all of us, you know, to like go, are we really heading in the right direction? Um, but I do feel like, for example, I do feel that there's going to have to be a huge shift. Um, especially, I mean, to be honest with you, the the, the direction that civilization is heading for many other people who who are ca- happily carrying on with what's going on, and they, they you know they they they're happily going along with being tracked, going happily going along with being traced and whatever you know uh, having having no body sovereignty and you know the way it's going anyway. People are are happily to do that. But where I think where civilization is going to end is for our own games, for for all of us who are listening. You know, there's going to be a moment in your life, whether that you're not already, maybe you're already at that moment. I mean, Laura's already got to that moment a long time ago where we don't want to be a part of that world, you know, where, where it's heading to. And like I said, where everything's controlled, where you've got no body sovereignty or anything. We can see what's moving in Western civilization now. So I kind of feel like for a lot of us in our minds, you know, we've took that pill the matrix pill you know and we're already going down that rabbit hole and we've had enough so maybe that's the end of civilization that i can kind of say is, is we know it for our own lives you know we've lost trust in it we've lost trust in governments we've lost trust in the media and we've lost trust trust in in, uh, in people in positions of power and we can see how we're constantly being lied to we've been lied to from a young age you know so i kind of feel like probably that was already the end of the start of that was already the end, you know, because once people start lying and, there's, and truth isn't at the forefront of our consciousness, people will will always, something inside will always start rising and bubbling up and it'll happen with one person. It's like the, you know, the domino effect where one domino is pushed down and all the dominoes topple. Um, and I kind of feel like that's what we're seeing now. So that is the end of civilization, in my opinion, because what also is the end of civilization is that when society hasn't got a grip on the masses and it hasn't got a grip on the consciousness anymore and its um its tentacles are not long no longer wrapped around people as they were in the past that's when the game is already over and i feel like that's what's happening you know and this is people are, are starting to move forward in this front from many different angles that when you start healing your traumas when you start taking your powers back you know when you start eating healthy so this is what's that's the end of the end of the the old uh, world you know yeah i think for me i think i think society is um about to end or it's going through a period of like sort of falling apart is is because it's the the current state of like globalism isn't very sustainable yeah. and the illusion that the the powers that be and the elite want us to be under is that we can live like them we can have the luxuries that they do and that's the kind of illusion that they sell the masses and you know a lot of people will fall for it i fell for it for quite a long time i did as well but really it's it's not sustainable to live that way it's it's built up on it like a it's like a house of cards it'll, it'll 
it'll fall down. You know, we've already seen the the um the repercussions of that with the pandemic. You know, it only takes commerce to stop for a couple of days, and you see how the effects on the the mass and um, on on the infrastructure as a whole. Yeah, civilization is so fragile, you know. Yeah, and I think that's this is the same thing that happened in Rome. You know, um, in Rome when Rome was falling, the degeneracy ran rampant. You know, they were having orgies. They were just like um, paedophilia was starting to become more acceptable, um, and all these sorts of things were kind of being pushed for the masses. And that was when Rome was falling. And it reminds me of this quote where it's like, "Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times." Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. It's like this this cycle that's happening. And I think what's happening now is these hard times are creating stronger men to push forward and create something something new. Because I do think, I think a feminine awakening is is happening. But I think what society really needs more right right at this moment is more of the divine masculine coming through to really to push forward and. And to say enough is enough with everything that's going on, and that's why there's been such a, um, such a strategic attack on the masculine through pornography, through video games, through the food, through the education system, through the programming on TV, programs like The Simpsons and Family Guy, all show like the patriarchal figure as a child and the, you know like a, a very adolescent figure who doesn't, who is babied by the the wife rather than actually the you know the strong man that leads and protects and supports his family yeah definitely yeah. karen peters says have you had some blank videos lately taken down in an hour or less not too sure about that um you've been doing some tests with live, yeah i was doing you? some tests with lives but there has been podcasts in the past that's been took down we all know about that you know um <laughs> we all know that the sense there's a huge uh rally of censorship going on right now in the world you know which is which is really mad to say the least um Sophie Vista said, "Looking forward to going off grid too." That's why I'd be interested in the comments as well. How many of you, are, how many of you are sort of, um, you know, not just physically moving in that direction, but how much consciously are you moving in that direction? You know, um, are you doing any research? And because uh, one of the next steps for me and Laura is, is that we're gonna, um, we haven't spoke about this much, but when we're in the van, what we're gonna do is, is we're gonna go and visit some of the self-sustainable communities that I've actually um, already visited when I used to do the podcast with other people in the past. And we're going to go and visit a few of them. We're also going to do. Um, we're also planning on going to going to do some work, like uh, volunteer work at some um, organic farms and stuff. Where in return you can like just pull your van up and keep it on the land, and then you'll get food in return, and you can help them sort of tend to the land, sort of see. Um, and in that process, we're going to learn a lot about that. Uh, we also been looking into lately as well about doing some um, uh, around. I mean, you can do this all around the world. But for example, we're just in the UK at the moment. And there's these uh, schemes where you can like not a scheme, but you can basically it's called look after someone's house, isn't it? What's the proper name called? Mind my home, I think. Mind my home, I think it's called, where you can basically go and live in someone else's home, and you can basically take a look into their life. But at the same time, you can you're basically looking after the animals and look, making sure the house is okay and stuff. So also thinking about doing that as well, to, just to change things up and do a little, things a little bit different. But I would love to know in the comments as well how many of you out there are also, you know, moving alternative stuff and just try dipping your toes and even just dipping your consciousness in, into. I know someone who listens to the podcast messages saying about how he's been um, understanding how to start preserving seeds and stuff and because there's certain ways that you can preserve seeds. He's been looking into uh, gardening books and growing his own foods and stuff. So, you know, we're all, we're moving towards that individually as well. And I would love to know if any of you out there are also doing that too. 
Um, uh, Raw Rusty says, are you able to free camp or do you have to pay for campsites? Any plans of urban stealth camp and maybe hard in a sprinter van? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is something that I used to do a lot when I used to have my old van for so long. Uh, the little, I had a little small transit van when I was driving around doing the podcast. And I would just randomly park in, um, you know, housing estates and stuff. And you can do that in a kind of a, a work-looking van kind of thing. It's a lot, obviously, harder to do it in a more camper van looking style. Uh, but we always find a way, you know. For example, even like last night, we parked in a place where we weren't allowed, and we just, you know, we just we pulled up kind of late, you know, um, no one around. We sort of judged it with our own intuition, uh, and we were fine, you know. We woke up in a beautiful spot. We went for a jog. We went in the water today. No one even bothered us, you know. But then there's been, there has been times where we have been in the van, and someone will say something, you know, you can't park here, you know, and we'll. Well, mo most of the time we will just respect that, you know, and we'll 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 move on unless it's just a a gamma being an absolute like dickhead, you know, yeah. and we definitely won't respect that. <laughs> um, but for example, now we just um, we're just parked in a in a, a sort of like a it's like a what you can see for the background here. It's just like a kind of a like a layby kind of thing, like a little it's car quite, park. Yeah, it's a car park. It's like for a car a park thing. We haven't really seen many people around here today. There's just like a castle in the background just over there. Um, so kind of we've just been doing that really i mean i've been doing this for quite a long time um not full time obviously but nearly every weekend i used to do this and i used to learn ways of parking and stuff and we also kind of the reason why we bought a smaller van a smaller sprinter van was because um for that reason so that we could park anywhere you know people have the really large campers and everything like that and they can't pull up in random places where we can get into normal parking spaces we get on grass verges and stuff um, and we have no plans to go to, uh, to any, go, go any camp, camper van sites, you know. And that also kind of gets costly as well when you're living in a van. And when you go to camper van places, it gets gets costly, you know. So we 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 have we every our setup here is to be completely off grid, and that's how we want to keep it, you know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I should probably start like flicking through the comments when you're talking. Uh, Julian said, "This is why animals are free from laws; they can't speak any language." Yeah, it, if human beings couldn't speak, it would be a lot easier, wouldn't it, to, to just run rampant on us, you know? So Chris says, we are going forward technologically, but backwards as humans. Yeah, kind of, kind of yeah, definitely. And it's also like, you know, we are we are kind of doing that as well, but I would also make an argument that technologically, how would you find what, what technology is? Because we kind of, kind of see, like, I know what you mean by that question, but from a technological perspective, we kind of view that technology is like, is you know tangible technology that we can feel kind of thing you know we always think that a laptop's technology but what about the technology that's been lost in the past that we're moving away from you know because we're kind of moving forward in terms of having a podcast or we can have data we can have a mobile phone but we're kind of losing the technology that's inbuilt within us all you know uh, the technology to have telepathic abilities where we can communicate with one another you know which i've experienced um and experienced quite regularly you know so kind of like We've kind of went technologically one way, but we're losing the real technology, you know. Um, That's what allegedly Dave spoke about on uh, yeah. one of the podcasts he did. It's like with uh, mobile phones. Um, I, this is quite before my time because obviously I can't really remember a time without a smartphone, only when I was a little kid. But when, um, you know, people were driving around with maps and they still were like without the sat nav and they still managed to find their way or, you know, without mobile phones are just arranged to meet each other at a certain place and time and that worked out all right it's kind of it's taken away our some of our faculties of thinking that we've kind of relied on yeah kind of we, there's something like you know like and there's something to do you know in the advancement of technology there is a there is a 
a philosophical question that needs to be asked. You know, are we are we losing something in that transition as we move forward with technology? Are we losing something? Because where's this going to go? Is it, is it going to go all the way to singularity? You know, where AI's become conscious, and you know we have we no longer need to have sex with someone. You know, we've got a sex robot. Um, you know, how far is that going to go? You know, and when does it get to a point where you actually miss the point of being a human? It's kind of the same story of safety as well. Like how safety, how much safety can you put in your life before you actually you no longer living. Um, so, you know, that's obviously what Orwell talked about in his book loads of times, you know. Chris said, uh, you're going to say something there. Um, no, but I've just thought of something to say. I think Orwell spoke about, it was either Orwell or Huxley who spoke about this in one of their books, where saying that as, as technology advances, human beings find themselves working in more and more like a, abysmal spaces because... They don't really account for the rapid growth of technology and what that means for the roles of humans in relationship to that technology. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of people now are kind of working, kind of um, very tedious and meaningless, not meaningless jobs, if that's the right way to put it. Because, I mean, my last job, it was basically the computer did most of the work. I just clicked a few buttons and I felt like, I just felt how we're kind of being usurped. I don't know. I mean, they trying to use big words, but um, trying to be like kind of being taken over by technology. Yeah, I kind of feel though as well. That's with the, you know, as technology is evolving and technology is getting quicker and doing processes that humans used to do a long time ago. There seems to be a conscious, uh, a lack of consciousness around that. The kind of we 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 are um, a lot of people believe that we should be also work like machines. You know, we should be more machine like. Think as as in, as you can all see in uh, the last job that I worked in. You know, it was always the evolution of that job when I worked in it for about seven years. The technology was getting more and more advanced, but the technology was getting more advanced to track you, see where you're at. You yeah. know, how fast are you doing your job? Um, hurry up! And if you're not if you're not doing something in the right amount of time, you know, you get called in the office and you need to be working more machine like. So. It seems like there's a consciousness that's happening around daily jobs where people are like, come on, get quicker, get quicker, get quicker. We have a, we've got um, sheets to, we've got data to keep up with the board, you know. It is <laughs> mad. I, f- I found that um, when I was working at one of my old jobs, like the the impatience of people as well. If, if a card payment doesn't go through in five seconds, they're like, well, what's going on? And yeah. I kind of getting frustrated. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, um, yeah. just like the rate, the rate in which technology is accelerating but the way that's accelerating us as human beings and i think terence mckenna spoke about that um what do you call it the transcendental object at the end of time or something like that where he was saying is as technology advances um you know um our consciousness is advancing with it and it's going to reach a, a singularity i might be butchering that when you kind of go back to that video because i don't think we yeah, finished it, was- it but yeah i just think um you see, I see that with the way that you know when we're driving around, we're, we're like living life at a slower pace. These last couple of days that we've been in the van, and there's people behind us that are like, you know, the, especially in work vans, are like, like right up our ass in the van, like trying to get past. And you see, like the the kind of Russian mentality of this culture, and it reminds me of um, a quote I heard somewhere where it was like in in a Native American guy saying about like white people he was saying like they've got a look in their eyes of like urgency and he's like I don't know where they're going but they look like they're going with urgency and it just like it feels like people are just rushing to get to somewhere but yeah. where are they really going yeah and I can kind of sympathize with that consciousness because in the last job that I used to do I used to just rush from A to B you know I used to want to rush to the job and then get it finished and then rush back um 
you know, because it was soul destroying, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to be as far as awake. I wanted to just get in there and get out. So I can kind of understand that consciousness. And then, like Laura was saying about when we, you know, we're trying to slow down our lives, you know, a bit. And um, when uh, we were on the way down on a, on a on the motorway coming down, and there was a, you know, there was someone trying to get cut, uh, get past us on blind corners and stuff. Because I'm trying to have this um, ethos in my mind now, where you know I'm driving around in my home. You know, for example, I don't want to be slogging it around all over the place as well but also as well like if when you live in a van things naturally fall and move around in the van you know you're always we always say that like before we go we always say batten down the hatches you know you've always got to close the cupboards and stuff because if you don't everything's falling apart and um, you don't want your home to fall apart you know um but if i kind of like it because if you if things are falling out then you're driving too fast if things are moving around you're driving too fast so kind of you can use that as a bridge to slow down in your life yeah, it forces us to kind of like sort of accept and be in the present moment more. It's yeah. nice. Chris said, "I just pray for a nice solar flare to knock us back into the nineteen twenties." <laughs> yeah, I think mm. a solo a solar uh, solar flare might knock us more back into the nineteen twenties. It might knock us back into to, to Aboriginal time or something. You know, um, Indigenous cultures time. <laughs> Um, you know, but it's kind of it's kind of funny in it though, because um, I've felt that kind of ethos inside. You know, a lot of preppers and stuff. I I, I really love um, looking at the preppers, and and um, I'm really interested in bushcraft and survival. I've always always have been. I think that's very vital. You know, I always say if a man hasn't got a knife, you know, he's uh, he needs to sort his life out. You know, um, <laughs> especially where I'm from in the northeast, you need to carry a knife. <laughs> Grew up in but, the Bronx. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of you know survival and stuff, you know, um, if you haven't got a knife, you're in trouble. You know, if anything does go down. Um, but um, I think that's what I've noticed is that there is like kind of a there is a kind of a ethos in us all. You know that we, we kind of wish that something comes along. You know to create that reset uh, because um, you know we, it seems like we're craving that kind of reset. You know where we all need to be put back down to basics so that we can really understand. You know, get more in touch with nature and, and realize what what's the things that's important in the world now. You know, so that's why kind of people do want a solar flare because, but also as well, just to to be a little bit contradictory in that, um, and not to dig you out because I'm digging myself in this as well. But sometimes we like to wish that something will come along like that, like a solar flare, so it, so that we don't have to take ownership ourselves. Because um, I used to always think like, oh, I wish a natural disaster would happen or I wish this would happen, you know, so that we can actually, you know, build our own communities fast and live in the woods and kind of things. You know, but we can already do that now. We can already reset civilization now in our own individual lives. Um, we don't need to wait for a solar flare to come, you know. Yeah. Um, so my dad's in the comments. My dad actually says, have you met any other people living in vans whilst within your first few days? yeah we have we've met a few people it's really it's really there's a really nice community culture of people who actually you'll find people will just randomly come up and they'll look in your van and stuff and they'll start talking to you and telling stories but you know we were parked up for two minutes ago before and we had like two different people coming up and talking to us didn't we so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's really it's really nice and I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting people who also live in vans who listen to the podcast and probably is in the live now as well which Very is really cool. which is really cool which we'll definitely be doing um it's just a really nice community vibe. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah, Karen Peters says, I'm not sure civilization is actually real. It feels like a fantasy, but never was. Nature is brutal, as is our past and, our, and present. 
yeah, I kind of yeah, you know, I feel like every single day. I don't think I don't think uh, civilization is actually real. You know, half of the things in civilization are false anyway. Just like I was saying before about how in, in the filament of the wild, where the guy needed a permit to go down the lake. You know, that's kind of bullshit. You know, I've like took a kayak on a lake before, and someone said you can't go on this lake. It's pri- it's private. You know, but the whole world's like built upon these like these false beliefs. You know, these false laws and you know like money for example money is just a belief a belief system a collective belief system and it, ch- it changes you know i kind of feel like um what we what we all believe now what we can all see for our consciousness now will change in another thousand years it will change in another three thousand another four thousand and everything that we all collectively thought was real and thought was right will change again you know it always yeah. does i think that's the case like with civilization, it's just a collective belief on of what's normal, and every kind, everyone kind of acts in accordance of that belief, and that's what maintains the the matrix or the status quo. And when you get out into nature, you see the the true divine order of things, which is like goodness and truth and beauty, as well as it is um, harsh as well, harsh and brutal and all those things. But that's the spectrum, and that's you know that's the full spectrum of life, and that's what's real about it. Yeah. Whereas in in civilization, you kind of taken away from the brutality in some respects i know it's brutal in other ways i don't know if i'm still talking probably because it says it's unstable but um but i forgot what i was going to say with that but yeah it it kind of takes you out of the the realness of life and takes the real meaning and subs like in sustenance and substance out of out of life when you're in civilization yeah definitely um yeah, that's what Chris says. Create the problem, sell us the cure. Yeah, hundred percent. And when Karen was saying before about um, nature being brutal, you know, nature is brutal. Kind of, I feel like as well that like when nature, you know, when you, for example, I've just done like bushcraft and well camps where I've gone off by myself, and I, I used to do them in the winter a lot of the time in Scotland, where, not far from where I am now. And the people are north from Scotland in the comments uh, how the winters can be very brutal in Scotland. And there's been times when I've went out and you can't light a fire, for example, or I just couldn't get it going, you know, because as you know, it's easy to get a, a, a fire going with a with a lighter, for example. And if you've got like petrol or something, you know, are you are using a, um, a flame for, a, or you know, or whatever that may be, like more modern means. But when you start trying to light a, fly, a fire more natural, and you can't light that fire, um, and you f- you're basically freezing on a night time, you know, you learn a lot, and you learn how the next time how you actually should always have a bit of dry kindling, you know, with you or something, for example. So it teaches you. And the next time you come back to that scenario, you're much better. So I think nature, there is something within nature that it's, it's um, you know, it's not forgiven, but it's also the greatest, it's a greatest teacher in many ways, you know, philosophically and physically. 100%. Um, Francis Seleuze, I can't pronounce that name, sorry, says, are you aware of the state that South African is South Africa is in I'm not I'm not aware of the state that South African is that's really interesting because you know I know a lot of you out there all live in different parts of the world you know and we don't really get to see what's going on in other parts of the world you know uh, there's also something I feel like that when we do get to do that as well though that it plays a, it affects our consciousness because um, I feel like we live in a world where we're constantly getting flashes of what's happening around the world and we don't understand consciously and from an empathic level how that's actually affecting us because I feel like in our daily lives we're seeing so much violence around the world you know you turn on the radio and you hear about stabbing that's in another country and you know do I really need to be hearing about that stabbing that's in another country uh, what's that doing to my consciousness what's the agenda behind that and um, so I think this and we all in our on our lives now you know we all kind of have to turn off our levels of empathy because if you didn't turn off your levels of empathy in this world you'd be you know you'd be in you'd, you wouldn't be able to cope you know yeah. um i feel like that's why a lot of highly sensitive people 
or struggle to cope in the surf realm you know that's what Dolores Cannon says that the surf realm is one of the hardest places you can come to you know because it's right in front of your face and if you are a person that's very highly sensitive and you pick up on people's emotions feelings and you're seeing a, a video flash up every two minutes like fear someone's dying over here like what is that doing to our inner systems you know um but but we all we are consciously all aware that all around the world there is huge things happening from many different fronts people like for example today I, um, someone sent us um, an Instagram a video of how France are protesting again now on the streets about what's going on with COVID and stuff. So, you know, we all know there's huge movements all around the world that's happening in many different things. Yeah. So uh, Chris says, just think of all the mushroom picking places you can visit when the season starts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's something that we need to learn more of, you know, as well. Yeah, that's something that I really want to do is go mushroom, mushroom picking. Um I've wanted to do it in the past, but I've been put off by people saying, you know, that you can pick a poisonous one by accident and accidentally kill yourself. And I think that would just be an ultimate uh, vibe killer on a trip. So I've kind of stayed away. But I think um, I'd like to do that this season, though. Yeah, definitely. Nige Nee says, lol, know the Romans stretch as far back as Atlantis and became the fourth Reich in Germany. Pshish. Yeah, you might be right about that. You know, we know, we know history's... Um, what we currently know anyway is that the Romans supposedly dynasty lasted 1,400 years, around that time anyway. Um, but you know it could be changed. But I will say one thing, the Romans never got to Scotland, did they? <laughs> These hard buggers around here, they just end up building a wall. <laughs> Didn't want to go and fight the pygmies, did they? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fight the Scots either. They just picked on the little soft English. <laughs> That's funny how the Romans just picked on the, on the soft English. Even the Vikings didn't even pick on the Scots. <laughs> I wonder about that because, like, you know, when you when you see people from like Eastern Europe and Russia, they like they have a very very hard mentality in some places in America, Alaska. But whereas England, it's like we a lot of us are quite soft because we live on this little protected island where yeah. there's like the only predators are just like there's no predators really. There's just little rabbits that like bounce about and it's all fine and dandy. But in other parts of the world, there's like very real danger. Yeah, that's why that there's creates... so much so much culture in England because um, <laughs> England's constantly full of softies and always getting took over. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of the best poets because they just sit around yeah. and go, oh, everything's so beautiful. <laughs> Whereas in America, it's like, get the guns out, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> get the guns out, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bobcat. <laughs> I've got a bobcat. Um, Jordan uh, Warburton said, "Do you think it's all distractions from the entities UFOs which are trying to make themselves known?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, this, we're living in a time now where there's so much interesting stuff going on, you know. And half of the things that we're seeing in the media is we know we all know it's big distractions, you know. Um, I don't know if any. I'm probably going to repeat myself sometimes when I do these lives. It's just natural. But when we were at the hangout, we actually had contact as the group. In the free hangout that we did at the Lake District, we had con contact with some form of entity or some form of consciousness or UFO in the sky. No doubt about that, you know. And it wasn't just me and Laura who experienced this. It was a, a big group of us, you know. Um, so I, I definitely can see how we're moving into something at the minute, into something different. And it wouldn't be surprised me that a lot of the things that we're seeing are a distraction from that, you know. Kind of feel as well like um, probably COVID plays into that, you know. Kind of tries to get you back into them primal aspects. Because what's playing out now, there is a huge... And I'm guilty of this too, you know. I'm just speaking as a... as Recognising this within myself. But there is a tribal aspect playing out, you know. with Especially all of us as a community now, you know. We have different opinions to other people. And the media 
I think over the next few months we're going to see this play out on a bigger scale where the divide is going to get deeper and deeper and this is going to play more and more into that tribal hands where because I kind of feel like I read uh, um, I came across some piece of information before where it was a I think it was a past life regression from Dolores Cannon or something and someone came through in that and said you know the, 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 the evil on the planet doesn't care about where your attention is it's long as your attention somewhere um, and long as you also yet not everyone's attention's in the same place like for example make sure that there is a divide on the planet and people are arguing amongst each other because when you do that you don't focus on the real jewels you know on the real parts of the experience that's going on on the planet the things that are spiritual things that are bubbling underneath the surface so there's probably a big thing playing out like that you know didn't max Pierre speak about that where he said um he was like shown an entity who took him outside of his body and showed him the earth with like loads of loads of like um, rings around it. And the entity said these are kind of thought rings and people can get trapped in these thought rings. It could be like religion against atheists. It could be um, football team against football team. It, like it doesn't matter which, which yeah, thought ring you're in. As long as you're trapped in one, you're still maintaining the, the polarity of the third dimension. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I do think there's something about this world that we're in. You know, we know, we know that this bandwidth of our reality whatever in is like a sort of a vibration it's a frequency you know kind of thing and um you know reality is not stable kind of thing and with you and when you for example if you do meditation you go to a place of gratitude and you really get in tune with your body you can feel things changing and how you know your own subjective reality starts to move and warp in a different way and if you know if you for example if reality physical reality outside yourself is violent it's it's um it's fear driven you know that's naturally gonna affect the frequency, the collective frequency on the planet, it's going to keep it in this this root-based phase, you know. Yeah. If you believe there's a virus outside, for example, you know, <laughs> and you're scared. So, um, Naini... Fear is a frequency, you know. Yeah. Uh, Naini says, seriously, Rome never fell, he put. It was the Etruscan uh, that began the orgies uh, with the celebrations of, celebrations of Saturn. I think that's what... Said. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. You know, history is a big one. You know, and history fascinates me. Um, uh, going mostly, most like it's like really far back ancient cultures that interest me, like things like Atlantis, you know, uh, Tartaria, like um, the Mayan cultures, Egyptian cultures, all the different cultures, like the Denisovians and uh, the Japanese cultures, the Aztecs and people like that. They really interest me because I kind of feel like there is a lot of deep messages within consciousness within that i kind of feel like the further that we go back in history we get you know get more and more snippets of this for example you know you see the serpent still you see the staff you see the pineal gland still in roman times in greek culture and stuff like that but i even went to um the place in uh, italy called um uh, what's the place in italy where the the statues got frozen in time through the volcano. Oh, um, Pompeii. Pompeii. Yeah, I went to Pompeii. And then, um, you know, I went through that place and I seen what it was like. And I could see there was, you know, there was signs of uh, really interesting culture amongst that. But then there's also lots of conspiracies saying that, that that was actually didn't really happen, you know. And it was just a whole, it's a whole like sort of historical site that's been set up in a way to portray culture in a certain way. You know, there's a lot of theories that a lot of history that we see is actually just being laid, laid upon the top of old history to discard the... Uh, deeper truths you know so we can all see that history is being inverted in a kind of way you know we get half truths and then it gives us certain things but you really have to dive really deep into it to see what it really means and stuff and that's a journey that i've been going on for years because um i feel like history for me is a 
is is like a it's like a consciousness maze you know kind of thing it's like a it's like a most history that i've come across when you look deep enough it's actually stories of consciousness you know it's not really physical of course we see physical representations of it but the majority of it is stories of consciousness you know jacob's ladder for example consciousness you know king arthur consciousness um a lot of it's all about consciousness you know but it's been inverted so, but history fascinates me, you know. I don't know everything in history. It's so it's so big. So Chris says, if you are ever in Durham, I have a book a good friend of mine gave me for you. It tells you everything you need to know about living off grid. I love that. That'd be good. Someone actually donated too as well. I don't know who donated. Sheila Marie. Thank you, Sheila Marie. I really appreciate Thank you. that. Nine 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 as well. The ending of the old paradigm. Yeah. Um She'll go back up and read one. Yeah, so that's that's the thing as well. Just why Laura's uh, scrolling through the comments, um, you know, uh, sacred numbers and kind of things that 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 present themselves to us in our reality are really interesting to me. You know, signs from the universe. I've always been really interested in synchronicities and stuff, um, but I think it's it's kind of interesting because um, I was used to be in a position where you know I wasn't really putting my consciousness into terms of like sacred numbers and things, um, you know, si signs and stuff like that. The that the universe presents presents to you. Uh, but I think you know these things are just a tool for conscious tool tool for consciousness, and the more that we put our attention into certain things, like for example, Laura really loves like t doing tarot cards and tarot readings, and you know we've had some really mad experiences where we've got high, for example, and uh, you know sort of move beyond the veil kind of thing within our minds, and we've had some really like profound readings with psychedelics and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I kind of feel like um, a lot of these. Uh, like sacred numbers and things like that that you know they're probably more prevalent like they, they probably have much more deeper meaning uh, than just what we can see with our physical mind the monkey mind kind of thing but if once we like when we have these moments where we can like you know move beyond the veil inside of ourselves and alter our consciousness and move into that state of that the universe is turning up for us i feel like that's when more things are constantly turning up for us you know secret messages and secret signs and stuff like that it yeah. fascinates me all that it really is Again. i'm still trying to decipher what the the synchronistic and re like repeating numbers are i know that five 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 is like a, a significant change is about to happen and i saw that on the day we were actually moving out of my mom's house into the van I saw that quite a lot as well as nine eleven, which is nine is the end of the like the numer numerology of the last number and one is the beginning so 9-11 is the ending of the old paradigm and the beginning of the new and that's why certain events are kind of correlated on certain days to push the frequency of them yeah um elf Wald said gandhi said when asked what he thought of western civilization he said i think it's a good idea <laughs> yeah maybe uh gandhi was um maybe gandhi was meaning that like sort of kind of in, in an inverted way you know he was kind of thinking it's a good idea because it might teach us a lesson or something maybe he could see what was coming or maybe he was just too much loving loving getting all the, the fancies and lollies you know because a lot of gurus now um you know they love the fancies and lollies look at the Dalai Lama you know no matter how high you are you're you can fall you know he lined up in that little queue with his little mask on you know and took the vaccine you know um so we can we all get in the sea around the world now you know there's a lot of gurus um, who believe that the gurus, you know, and um, you know, they still can fall no matter how high they are. You know, they still can be subdued by the physical transition in life. You know, they can still be. Tra We're all subject to this, you know, by the fancies and lollies. We can give up, you know, we can sell our soul, kind of things. You know, and the music industry's been like that for years and years. You know. Yeah. 
I think it's the same. Like the higher up you are, the more the kind the devil tries to tempt you into certain things to kind yeah, of definitely. push an agenda. That's why I kind of uh, really respect Owen Benjamin because he's you know he talks about that. He he got kicked out of Hollywood for for speaking truth, and you know he doesn't just go oh well I got kicked out of Hollywood. I'm all virtuous. I can like. You know, he has his own farm and raises his own animals. He's still, he's still honest and says, like, you know, um, the devil still tries to tempt him or whatever you want to call that sort of dark force that can lead us into our lower nature is still there. Always, it's always prevailing, no matter where you are in society or who you are. And I kind of feel like it has to, you know, it has to for the polarity of life. You know, we can't. Get, I don't think we can ever get a position in life where it is, all, it is truly all love and light. You know, like. We do have to have some kind of conscious recognition of our ability to fall, you know, and have the fall of consciousness. I feel like that's why the whole cycle of nature of what's going on right now, you know, we've probably already done this before a million times. All consciousnesses have already played out this game, you know, we've already gone through a million pandemics and, um, you know, the universe is probably just playing out to see what way we're going to go, you know. Are we going to change this up? Are we going to use this moment to, to, to rebuild a new civilization? Are we going to fall back on our old patterns and habits, you know? You know, yeah. probably just playing out again and again. This whole nature of this, this place feels like that to me. You know, we're all constantly being tested to see what what path we're going to choose. You know, um, just all for the evolution of the soul, really. So, um, Matt Stacy says you live full time in your van. Uh, yeah, we do now. Um, this is the second full day of being in the van. Yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back in the house tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I want to shower. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're on day two now. So. I'm enjoying it. So day it. three will be back in the house. Day three will be back in the house and pretending then we'll get back in the van and we'll pretend we're full time van lifers, but we're not really. Um, yeah, so for us for us now this you know, this has been something that we've been working towards. Like in my own personal life I've been working towards this for such a long time. And um you know, we've we said, you know, we're not we're not we're never going back to living in a house, you know, we're really not. Uh, when you once you kinda get a, a feeling a feeling of this life, you know, I've had it for quite a while, but I did want to put a few things in place, like get a better van where I could actually have some running water and stuff like that and have a fixed bed where I didn't have to make up and stuff. Because these kind of things do grind on you, you know, when you if you if you you know, there is a there's a bridge from the modern day world into into sort of living this way, you know, and you can you know, you can take time and you can make certain things so we can still do a live now, you know, we've got Wi-Fi in the van, you know, but to do that, it takes a little bit more time, you know, and it takes a bit more work and a few things out. So um, that's what, that's our kind of thinking, you know, now, but we were saying the other day that, you know, we don't need to um, go back and live in a house, you know, we, re we really don't, you know, we don't need to go back and live in a house. Why would we do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I like the simplicity that this life brings, just, just, you know, it doesn't, it, doesn't cost much to fill up the gas it's like the water is easy to fill up Um, got running water got a shower got a toilet like we've got like all our needs are basically yeah. met and it's it's easy and it gives it frees up more space to focus on other things and other hobbies yeah. that you're into it just it allows also, so much freedom yeah sorry i was gonna say it also like gives us more consciousness around like you start learning like how much space you really need you don't need a five bedroom house you don't need a four bedroom house and i'm, I'm not saying if, if someone out there has got that that's absolutely fine you know i'm not like putting you down but for me on my journey is when i always speak i just speak from my own perspective and my perspective could be wrong you know and I'm, I'm aware of that and i'm always learning i'm always don't i always say i don't know shit but i'm just speaking from my own perspective but like for example, it makes us more conscientious about how much water we use. Now we're using too much water, for example. Um, our rubbish, what we're doing with our rubbish. Like, for example, we don't want plastic bottles, so we've got a water filter, so we, that cuts out that now, you know. Um, 
you know, there's kind of loads of things that it makes you conscientious on. You know, how much electricity you're using. Um, how are you using too much diesel and driving around in places unnecessary that you don't need to? Um, it just makes you more conscious, you know, and it makes it teaches a lot about what you actually truly need in life and what you don't need in life. Because a lot of the time, you know, we just fill our lives up with normal conditioning of what we think we need. But really, I mean, I remember a long time ago there was a, um, an article that I read and it was actually a sort of a heat heat air monitor of some a family that lived in a house and it, it was a heat monitor showing where they actually moved into their what parts of the, that house they were moving into on a regular basis and it was only like they only moved into the kitchen the living room and the bedrooms and that was it you know and all the other rooms were hardly ever used they had a dining room they had a garage and never used anything you know got someone angry in the comments all right so uh, mason nash says oh yes schizophrenia no, everybody here had the same opinions, monetized and supported by your delusions. I used to fall for stuff like this and I realized what objective reality is. Uh, it makes me sick that, that I have to run a business when I could just make up spirituality to a crowd of mentally ill people. Where's that comment? What are these ones? The one that you're just reading there? This one. Oh. So, read it again, sorry. Uh, it makes me sick that I have to run a business when I could just make up spirituality to a crowd of mentally ill people. What is mental illness? Because from my from my perception, mental illness is basically trauma responses to childhood. So I don't know. When people project out anger like that, it shows me that they've got a lot of internal resentment that they'll put on somebody else. That's just you know we're not causing any harm. We're just sitting here chatting, having a conversation. So yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, like I'll be the first to say that. Of course, I'm making up spirituality. You know, like I'm, I'm aware of, I'm aware of that. I'm making up spirituality because I, that's, I always say I don't know shit. You know, so to say that we're projecting on anyone else, you know, we're all projecting on people. You know, what is, what's real and what's not. You know, you go deep enough down the path anyway, you start realizing that everyone that's turned up anyway is just a projection of something that you're working on. So you're probably just something that I haven't acknowledged within me. You know, so yeah. all I'll do to that part of myself now is I'll send you love. You know, because you need love more than anything else. If you're the part of me that feels that way, then you need more love. So I'll send you love and that's all I'll, I can do. It's also bringing up something in me. Like I used to feel that way when I was into spirituality and I was into the law of attraction and things like that. And I was moving my life in a certain way and then everything kind of fell apart and I had to go back into the matrix and work a job. I, I told myself that, okay, I'll never fall for that spiritual stuff again. I'll live in objective reality. But ultimately it was I was bitter and resentful of how outside circumstances had made me feel and then I blamed spirituality and falling for the woohoo stuff but really what this stuff does it, it brings us closer to reality because what what is reality at the end of the day what yeah. reality is just to can just be a projection of your own mind so if you're saying objective reality is just the third dimensional reality what you can see taste touch and feel what is that it's just chemical it's just um neurons firing inside your own mind so i don't really understand what you mean by objective reality yeah, and, and also as well like and i also can kind of you know i'm not blase to say you know i've come from a background that um you know my background that i brought up into the where I, where I grew up as a young child you know give me a good foundation to be humble and also yeah. understand uh con consciousness in a way that maybe someone in a guru for example or maybe someone who was in a more privileged background wouldn't be able to see and i can kind of understand that consciousness that is bleeding out you know because when other people are living a certain life around you for example you know there is this mentality in especially in the uk where i'm from where 
you don't want you kind of there's a part of you that doesn't want other people to succeed you know if, if you see someone living a certain way it triggers a certain part yeah. of your body um and i think that's there's a lot of healing around a lot of people to understand that you know when you get around people like for example you in the hangout uh, there's an energy around that hangout when people are highly conscious you know they want other people to succeed they want other people to blossom because fundamentally they understand that that person is truly them it's not they're not outside of them and we can kind of build up these walls inside of ourselves where if you see maybe you know because fundamentally me and laura are just an aspect of your consciousness you know so we're just an aspect of your consciousness that is living our expression that we are and also vice versa you're that of us you know so there is something that plays out in that dynamic we're not blase to, to 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 not understand that this way of life is triggering you know it's triggering we don't need someone like you to tell us that you know um it's we see that in our close family you know we see that uh, in all the interactions that we have but that doesn't mean that 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 just because you have that kind of consciousness in you we don't we don't have the ability to express that in the way that we want to you know yeah beautifully put i think a lot of us who are on this path of like kind of unraveling unraveling all these uh, projections and traumas mm. that have been put on us do come into come into contact with things like that you know how how dare you live a good life when i'm yeah. suffering this is basically it how dare you be happy when i'm not happy yeah definitely. and I, I've, we've had to put up with that for so long and it's it's basically it stems down to a core belief that my happiness is like makes other people sad or i'm not worthy of happiness yeah. and when you start working on you know feeling a bit of self-worth inside yourself and realizing you have the power to change your life you stop projecting on other people like that yeah but so. we understand it because we've done it before as well. Yeah, you know, we've done the same thing. We've done the same thing, so we understand. Yeah, I mean, I used to get really jealous and angry of people who like we had this sort of lifestyle that I'm living now. I saw no way to achieving that myself. That I used to, you know, say that, you know, that they're, they're fake spiritual. They're just basically the same comment. You know, they're projecting all this woohoo stuff for just to live a like a hippie lifestyle. But really what it came down to was a deep jealousy and resentment that I was stuck in a life that I really hated whilst other people were enjoying themselves. But Yeah, so Mason Nash also said as well, again, he said, all this woohoo without specific examples, taking things that are very real and trying to put them together with fake ideals, for example, of numerology, astral projection and energetic healing. You know, we're all making shit up, man. Like, you know, no one knows shit, man. You know, like, we're all trying to, like, we're born at this reality and no one knows what's going on. We're all trying to, we're all clutching at straws, you know. People, people think that I'm more virtuous than them because I'm doing this healthy practice, you know. None of us, we're all, we've all fallen. You know, we're all our consciousnesses have fallen. We're all trying to figure it out, you know. Um, and I'll be the first to say that um, I don't, I don't know shit again, you know. I don't know shit. And that, for me, gives me a strength because I will admit, you know, that I'm, I'm putting things together that I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I've had huge experiences in my life that I don't know what the hell's going on. But I'll try my best to put human language on them. Because when you go into the the more, when you have big experiences, you know you realize very fast that it's, language doesn't do it justice anyway. So, and we're not even real anyway. This whole place isn't real, you know. So, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say on that. Uh, so Trevor Jackson says, thank you guys for this information. You're appreciated. Being subscribed to this channel before you had one case. Oh, that's sick. That's wow. really cool. It's been a wild journey for, for sure. It's been a wild journey. Uh, Karen says, have either of you had any, have you ever had your galactic signature done? It's very accurate and advanced. My astrology. I'm a blue crystal monkey array, GP, galactic activation portal and divine child. Um, I've never heard of that. 
that's something probably we'll have to yeah i've never i've never heard of that but you know a lot of this kind of stuff's really like getting more interesting to me a lot of this like you know at one time i would just dismiss you know these um dismiss these things you know and like think oh these things don't work and me and laura did this interesting one we've done a few times um what's the one called that you do again gene keys gene keys if anyone's heard of gene keys you can do it for free you know it's no advertisement uh, it's just really cool. That you just basically fill your details in and stuff, and it'll give you some like information and stuff. And you just read through it. But definitely try that out because it's it's really interesting. Because I read mine and I was like, Canel, I was like, this is really this is really bang on this, really yeah. really good. So definitely check that out. Jinkies is really interesting because it, it lets you know what shadow aspects you're going to be struggling and how and what vibration they transmute into once you uh once you bring them to consciousness. For instance, um, mine says like my purpose in life is to kind of manifest the gift of adventure but to do that i have to transmute the shadow of hunger and when the really when i had a breakthrough when a lot of things manifested in my life was i realized i deeply wanted this life of you know the freedom of traveling around in a van just living on my own terms i deeply wanted that but i felt such a lack a lack because i didn't you know i was trapped in a job i didn't like i was living with my mom in her flat and I felt such a hunger for the life. And really, when I let go of that and realized, you know, I already I already have it, it's it's kind of a vibration you feel inside yourself. And when I let go of that, it kind of transmuted into the gift of this adventure that we're living on now. Yeah, so. definitely. I also kind of feel as well, like um, something that I've learned is that, you know, these when things turn up for you in the universe, you know, we get a ability just to go, oh, that's bullshit. But I feel like the more that you start, you know, the more you start... Um, you know, having an open-minded, having more open-mindedness about how certain, certain the universe can can use tools to communicate with you. I think that's when interesting things happen happen to you. You know, for example, like um, I think it's less about the information; it's more about what it activates with inside of the self. So, for example, if you if, if for example you do a, a tarot reading or you do a, a kind of a reading or something like that, you know, it might not necessarily on the physical level be so accurate, but it will activate certain things in you. And and when you're in tune with that, you'll feel it, and you'll and it'll like it's hard it's hard to explain that dynamic, but um I feel like it does it in that type of way anyway. Do you want to read this one? It says um, off grid community. Anyone like minded people helping each other. Wait for winter. I'm looking forward to off grid living. I think I think we've been we've been speaking to a few people that are interested in in living off grid and kind of have the same sort of ideals and values as us. Um. But it's still kind of something that's like a work in progress for us, because obviously we've we've just got into the van. But yeah, so I'm trying to be mindful of where the journey where I'm at, you know, on the journey where I'm at. But yeah. to say that's not on my mind, and I'm not actively, uh, physically and consciously uh, like moving towards that would be a lie, you know. Um, yeah. I've kind of been doing that also in my my mind as I was moving into this stage, you know. Um, but it's definitely something on my mind, you know. Uh, it's the only way, you know. It, like honestly, like I'm just being honest. It's it is the only way for me, in my opinion. From what I see, is my we all have different games, you know. And it might be something different for someone else, but for me, I don't see another option. And uh, I'm only only I'm like supposedly I'm only here once, you know. And if I, for me to make a big change in my own life on this planet and to to live more healthy, more holistic, and be a beacon of consciousness, I believe that one of my paths is to to create a self sustainable community. 100 yeah. percent, and i'm going to try i'm going to give it my best you know of what everything all the tools i have and i'm not saying that in a weird way i'm going to be like oh i can definitely do this because i know i'm not i've done enough research to know that i'm not stupid enough to understand that it comes with a lot of challenging stuff you know 
uh, psychologically in terms of a community dynamic and um, also in terms of a, a legal perspective and things like that but i know that once the path once once it's ready the path will present itself and, and you'll find a way just like in our all of our own lives we do you know i also think it's going to be challenging the respect of getting back in touch with nature because we've the way we've grown up we've been so um disconnected from nature and what you know reality actually is which is you know what you can see out there it's just nature it's it's being subject to the elements and i think it's going to be a huge learning curve but also very rewarding to learn about nature and how to grow on food and you know just take us back to how our ancestors lived which yeah, which i'm really looking forward to i think that'll be very empowering yeah mason red as well and like i say i'm not i'm not going to ignore comments you know i like uh I think it makes interesting, you know, it teaches me a lot about myself as well and how I react to them. But uh, Mason said again, I'm not, I'm, I'm most likely the most spiritual and observant person here. Expressing anger and disgust toward, un, un, towards misguidance is a noble task. Good luck with your travels, people. Well, first and foremost, you're definitely, they're definitely not the most spiritual person if you're saying you're spiritual, the most spiritual person. It's kind of like um, when people say, I don't have an ego, you know, you've definitely got an ego if you don't think you've got an ego, you know. Um, so that's what I'll say on that one, you know. When you, if you believe you're the most spiritual person, you're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the question to ask yourself when you when you kind of receive comments like that is does this person have a high emotional intelligence and does this person have a life I would want to live for myself? And you can discern from the way people speak to you and the way people talk if they have a high emotional intelligence and you know, I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. Uh so do i have read this one yet no i don't think so so nicholas carson says you two are brave i encourage uh, i encourage you record how you guys manage your daily lives off grid if that's possible the difference between people who live in the city and nature is discipline in my opinion yeah i think especially for you for getting this point there's been a lot of discipline um in managing your money how you spend your time you know, you've got quite a lot of discipline in that respect, whereas I'm kind of more lackadaisy. And I think if I was, I don't think I actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't think I'd be able to do this by myself. I think even with this fan build, Dan's the one that's really took the lead. I've kind of just been along for the ride. And I really, you know, I appreciate that. And I think that's also kind of the masculine role is to kind of um, build and exert that outward force, whereas the feminine is kind of nurturing and, looking after you know the pack and the family and you know the kind of homely things about life i don't know where i'm going with that but i'm just saying that i yeah, think yeah. Well, i don't yeah. think i would have been able to live this life without you that's all that. i'm trying to I say appreciate that. I, hear that. <laughs> I hear that um and mason again said i love i love that i love that Talk, ask uh, answering the negative ones come on give us some more negative comments come on <laughs> uh, Mason Nash says, I don't want others wasting away their life devoting themselves to a lonely and misunderstood process. I'm not 100% sure what you mean by that. You know, I see a, I see a, a, a lot of people doing that in a, in a world that's dying anyway, you know. So where do we put our attention, you know, other than the self, you know. Because really, we all. this is what, you know, if you mean that about what we're speaking about, what this podcast is about, you know, we don't know what we're doing anyway, you know. We're just speaking from our level of consciousness, you know. We're speaking from wherever we are on the journey, so... Um, whatever that means you know it seems like to me you know a lot of people are already following a path that's ending and ending going to be caught in the salmon net anyway so all we're doing is expressing our journey and you know we're not making anyone come on this life or anything you know so that's all i'm going to say on that one 
we all have freedom of choice and freedom of will to to move and go wherever you want you know um i don't know if you guys can see this it says the connection's unstable i'm just gonna scroll down the comments it says that quite a lot but it, it, i think just leave it you know and just let's let, let, let it do its thing you yeah. know there's a quick question while laura's trying to find one someone said hannah if the just kind of read it there said are gypsies more spiritual I don't think anyone's more spiritual than anyone, you know, that's the kind of thing. Like when that person in the comment before wrote, you know, how she said, like, you know, more people, some people are more spiritual than others. Like I'm more spiritual, I'm the most spiritual person in the comments, you know. We know we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, you know. We've all, for we've all for fallen and forgotten who we are, you know. There's no higher or lower, you know. When we talk in terms of consciousness, higher or lower kind of thing, you know. We're all just... Um, awakening to who we truly are. I think maybe the connection has gone down, you know. Yeah, because there's like less people in there. Yeah, there? definitely. Hope you liked that live. Me and Laura just did there. It cut off at the end. Um, the second part will be also out today as well of that conversation. Um, the Wi-Fi connection went down in the van. That's just the nature of things. The Wi-Fi cut off and obviously it, it finished. Luckily, it finished on a nice spot where you could hear what we're talking about. Um, but the second half... Um, will also be out at the same time as anyway. So you'll see part one and part two of this live anyway in the podcast feed. Um, I love you all. If you can, as always, check out the one-off donation option and the Patreon page. goes such a long way to help me keep doing what I'm doing and bringing these uh, deep and raw and authentic conversations to you um, all the time. So I love you all. Keep seeking as always. And um, just to play this podcast out as I always do, uh, this is a, a beautiful song by uh, Tash, Tash Sultana. Uh, what's the song called, Oregon? It's called I Am Free. I had to ask Laura for that. So it's called I Am Free. So enjoy this song, I Am Free by Tash Satana. Peace out. Mm -hmm.